Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Last Saturday night, I continued our series on living free from shame, living free from shame. And today I'm going to continue with living free from shame part two. I'm going to know that we've all felt shame or guilt at some point or another. And I want to remind you today, you will feel that again at some point in your life. How do I know that? Because you're not perfect and neither am I. We will fail. We will fall short. And uh, so today, my, my hope is that you will receive this message if you've been living with shame, with guilt, that you will receive this message and receive healing in the process. Amen? So I would invite you to turn with me to the book of Romans, if you have your Bible or your electronic device. Romans chapter 8, a very well-known passage. Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, just two verses. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 in the New Living Translation says it this way, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you, everybody say freed you, from the power of sin that leads to death. Let's pray again. Father, I thank you for your word. Now I pray that your anointing and, uh, Lord, your blessing would be upon us as, we, uh, as I speak for the remainder of this time. Let our hearts be opened, our ears be opened to receive your word today, that we might hear it and obey it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The following is a quote from an author, and I think we have it up on the screen. Uh, we have a quote that says, shame, or maybe I don't have this one, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Let me say that again. Shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed, that we're not good enough, we'll never be good enough, and therefore unworthy because I'm not good enough, because I don't feel good enough, I'm not worthy to receive love or to belong, to be on the, in the in-group, right? I remember those days. We all go through times like that, right? where we don't feel complete. And that's brought on usually by shame and guilt of some sort, lack of self-esteem. And what we've been focusing on these last three weeks is, is that shame. Shame says you are what you have done. Then guilt jumps in right after that. Guilt says you deserve to feel the way you do. That's what guilt does. And how many know that the enemy of your soul... The enemy that wants to attack you will jump on that anytime you make a mistake and cause you to feel shame and guilt. He doesn't want you to leave that little box. He wants to keep you trapped in that thinking of shame and guilt. Shame and guilt. Why? Because you can never fulfill your purpose, the purpose God has designed for each of you if you remain in that box of shame and guilt. 
Satan, you see, our enemy of our soul, hates our original design. God created you and I to commune with him. Think back to the very book of the very first book of the Bible, Genesis. God created a man and a woman to have fellowship, to commune with him. I mean, I would love it if I could walk in my garden. Hey Lord, how you doing today? Which I do. But they actually had that physical experience of walking in the garden, and the Lord audibly spoke to them. They spoke back to God and had this conversation. Now, we, we call that prayer how we do it. We have a conversation with God. That's called prayer. But Adam and Eve had this intimate fellowship of walking with the Lord, and that was the unique design that God created you and I to have, but sin and the enemy disrupted that. So the enemy of your soul knows that if you ever overcome your shame, ever overcome your guilt, you are now a powerful weapon in the kingdom of God. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? You have overcome shame and guilt. I, I'm right there. I have overcome my past. I have overcome that, not because I'm any good. I'll tell you that right now. No bueno right here. Uh, it's the power of the blood of the Lamb that has allowed me to overcome. Amen? The great news is that as believers, we have all been restored. Can I get an amen? amen? Again, spiritual restoration is the process of restoring us to God's originally intended design, as opposed to restoring us to a condition we personally once had. You see, when I became a believer in my, my late 20s, God just didn't restore a new version, uh, a better version of that person that I was, he made me a completely new person. The old was gone. Now the new had come. Amen. That's what happened with you and, and I. The old is gone. The new has come. You're not just free from sin. You are now free to live out the, the life, the, the relationship that God created for you now that you have this new design in you because you can't do it in your old self. You can't do it in that old person. That old person just wanted to be at the club. That old person just couldn't wait for Friday nights to spend all their money. Right? That was me. But because we have received Christ as our Savior, He now declares you and I righteous before Him. Say, say this with me. Let me say it first and then repeat it after me. I am righteous. Say it again like you mean it. Amen. I am righteous. You know that the Lord God has declared you righteous. But right now, all of you are going, but Pastor Rick, you don't know me. You don't know what I did last night. You don't know how I spoke to so-and-so last night, the words I said. But God knows, and he still calls you righteous. He calls you righteous. I had a hard time understanding that when I first became a believer, when I first started coming to church, I go, wait a minute, I can't be righteous. And it's true, the Bible describes our sin as filthy rags before him, right? But, but if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he declares you righteous. That is the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's my first point today. We are righteous. Amen. I would invite you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I have a, a few scriptures this afternoon that I want to read to you. They will be up on the screen for you. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. For God made Christ who never sinned. He was perfect. Jesus Christ was the only perfect being that ever lived. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we, everybody say we, could be made right with God through Christ. We could not be made right without Christ is what it's saying. You and I would be in our sins without Christ. You see, God made him who had no sin. Jesus was, as the Bible describes him, the perfect Lamb of God sacrificed for us. He went to the cross, nailed hands, and feet, and died for you. And he said, I love you this much, as he stretched out his hands for you before you ever even knew him. God made him who had no, son, who had no sin as an offering for each of us, to be the offering for our sin. You see, because we're imperfect and we fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And without Jesus Christ, we will have death. That means there's an eternity waiting for us, a heaven and a hell. And when we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we are saved from that death. We now have life eternal with him, with Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus became our offering for sin. He says, yeah, I see. I see you. I see what you've done, but I declare you righteous. I declare you righteous from this day forward. All the things that you have done, I declare you righteous. Wiped clean. Back in my day, when I was in school, they used to have these things called blackboards. You young people don't know what a blackboard is. But... Um, they used to have these blackboards, and they used to take out this little white piece of chalk, and they would write on these blackboards. And at the end of every day in the classes I took, a lot of times the teachers would have you erase everything, clean the blackboard, and then the next morning it would be nice and clean. You'd start all over. And this is what Jesus Christ has done for you. I bring that up because your sins were written on that blackboard. And then Jesus takes the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice that he did on the cross, and he wipes that blackboard clean of all your sins. Your sins are blotted out, never to be remembered against you again. That's the greatest news you and I could ever receive. Amen. He became the offering for our sin. And then that scripture reminds us that we could be made right with God through Christ. We're made right. We're made righteous through God. Again, it's not your goodness. It's not because you're here every Sunday. It's not because you give the most in, in tithes and offerings every week. It's not because you pray and lead a prayer group or a small group or anything in our church. It's none of that. God made you righteous because you're his son and daughter. Amen? Amen. Amen. The, the Hebrew word for righteous, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the Hebrew word for righteous means to be lawful and to be correct. The Greek word in the New Testament for righteousness means to be faultless, to be without uh, spot, wrinkle, to be blameless. 
How many are blameless? How many were blameless last week? Okay, let's, how about just yesterday? None of us. That's right. I, I see we don't have any liars in our church because you've all fallen short. I have. And, and you see, Jesus has declared us righteous in his sight because of what he did. You'll never be, your actions will never make you good enough. No matter how many prayers you say to him, you'll never get to that bar that says, okay, you've, you've made it now, you're good enough. Jesus declares you righteous right where you're at. Now, he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to grow. He wants you to continue and continue learning more about him. Amen? That's the important part of, of growing in Christ. Now, to be perfectly righteous, you and I know it's an impossible task for mankind. Impossible. To be righteous, we would have to do everything in the word. We would never have to repent. All of us, even as believers, we have to repent. Repentance is just walking this way and now going in the opposite direction, doing the opposite of what you were doing. Repentance is asking the Lord to forgive you of your wrong. Amen? And we've all had to do that. All of us have had to do that. Even though the Word of God tells us, be in the King James, it says it this way, be ye perfect. <laughs> That's tough. When I first read that, it's like, I'm, I'm ready to give up right now because uh, there's no way I can be perfect. I didn't have an understanding of what that meant. Yes, he wants me to strive, and that's my goal, to be perfect. He, he, we have to have a goal, amen? Because if we don't have a goal, we'll never know if we hit it. So we have to have a goal, and as we strive for perfection, God's righteousness is upon us to help us and to get us to that point, amen? He, he also tells us that, our, that unless our, or our righteousness... He says that our, unless our righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, we will not get to heaven. That was another impossible thing when I read. It's like, wait a minute. The Pharisees were, were the priests of the, the Old Testament and, and in the New Testament. And he says that I got to be more righteous than them? How is that possible? And that's when I realized I can't. I need his righteousness. His righteousness is now over me. His righteousness is now over you and upon you. That's what declares you righteous in his sight. Because of what Jesus did already, you and I, we no longer have shame and guilt. We no longer have to carry it. If you've been carrying it today, you need to just drop it and let it go. Amen? You need to let it go because you have been declared righteous in his sight. You are no longer what you have done you are now declared righteous in the sight of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So number one, we are righteous. Number two, we are regenerated. What does that mean? Regenerated. Let's go to the scripture first and read 2 Corinthians, the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. The scripture says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, everybody say, that's me. that's me, has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task 
of reconciling people to him. Let me explain what regeneration means here now that we've read that scripture. How many here have ever seen a sign when a new business changes and there's a sign that says, under new management? Have you ever seen that sign? Under new management. It's the same store. It looks like the same store, but it says under new management. What this is telling everyone is that it may be the same building. It has the same windows. It has the same door. It looks the same on the inside, but there's something new going on on the inside. Amen? The scripture that we just read declares that you and I are under new management. When you were declared a new creation in Christ, you were now, the old management left. It got fired. The Lord said, you're fired. And the new management took place. Now you represent Jesus Christ. You don't represent yourself as you did in the past. You are under new management. You th operate differently. You think differently. You go to different places than you used to go. Amen? I haven't been to the club in years. Or the disco. How many remember? Well, I better not go there. You can talk to me later. We'll talk about that sometime. But um, we are all under new management. You see, the problem is we, we, when we're under the old management, we're under the, the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. That's the unholy trinity. We were under that management. It was all about us. What, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, it never involved God. And that's the unholy way of thinking. Now that I'm under new management, it's, Lord, what would you have for my life? Lord, how should I, wh what do I need to do about this? I, I need to pray about that. Lord, should I contemplate moving? What, do, is this the right move for me? Lord, I'm thinking about taking a new job. Is this what you have for my life? And all the things we do now as believers, because we're under new management. Amen? We all need to belong to Christ in order to live under this new management. Living under new management means, as I just said, basically, we have a new master. It's Jesus Christ. It's no longer the unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. That is as unholy trinity as can be. Let me just tell you right there. This forgiveness and new relationship to the Lord, as well as your commitment to Jesus as Lord of your life, is not something of your own doing. It comes from above. You see, when I first got saved, man, all of a sudden I had a desire to learn from him, a desire to do things differently. I began to see things differently, not because of what was here, but what was coming inside of me now. The presence of his spirit, it now spoke to me. The word of God now spoke to me. It, it became alive and it spoke words of life to me. Amen? You see, in this scripture that we just read, if you go back to verse 18, if we can put that scripture back up on the screen. Verse 18, and that's the last part of it. It says here, God has reconciled us to himself. He reconciled us to himself. He brought you back to himself. He loved you so much, he brought you back to himself. Amen? You are no longer who you were. You are now declared 
regenerated in the sight of the Lord. You are now a new person, a new creation. You have been regenerated. Amen. And the third point I would remind us today, we are redeemed. I love this part. We are redeemed. Amen. I would invite you to turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And this is out of the NIV, this uh, translation I'm going to be reading to you. Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem, everyone say, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has also made you an heir. Amen, amen, amen. You see, God had a marvelous and perfect plan in sending His Son to the cross. He was born into this world for one mission, to die on the cross for you and I, that we might have eternal life, so that people condemned, living in shame and guilt, could be set free, could become redeemed, amen, and forgiven. I have a photo of something I want to put up on the screen, see if anybody remembers these. How many? Just raise your hand if you remember those. See some people smiling there. Okay, that's... That should be nobody under the age of 40. I won't, date, I won't go beyond that. I'll be kind. But those are blue chip stamps. Blue chip stamps. And blue chip stamps were very popular back when I was a kid, when I was a wee little kid. And my parents would fill out these stamps in this blue chip stamp book. That you would get these stamps when you go to the grocery stores. And I think even the gas stations, they give you blue chip stamps. And when you filled enough of them up in your book, you could take them to a redemption center, a blue chip stamp store redemption center. And you could present them and buy, basically, it's, you give them the stamps and they give you a pan, a pot, a crock pot, or whatever it was, a TV if you saved enough of them. Amen? That was years ago. Amen? Jesus Christ came even before that. 2,000 years ago to redeem you and I. Just as we were able to redeem those blue chip stamps and get something, Jesus Christ came into this world to redeem you, to purchase you from sin, from shame and guilt, and to reconcile you to Him. Amen? Because you are now redeemed, purchased by that sacrifice on the cross, redeemed, you can drop that shame here. You can drop the guilt there and no longer carry it. There's no reason for you to walk in this life and carry shame and guilt and embarrassment and so forth. Christ has adopted us and received us as sons and daughters of the Most High. What a great privilege of that, for that. And that's why I love to tell you, you are a child of the King. You are a child of the King. Say, that, say this with me. I am a child of the King. I love to hear that. I love to say that. You are a child of the King. God's original design was to remind you that you were created. You are royalty. 
you walk with a living Savior, one that has adopted you and is, is calling you his child. Amen? He created us not only to have fellowship with him, but to live in a kingdom eventually where there will be no sorrow, as we've all experienced this week, no heartache, no tears, no more pain, no more hurt, no more shame or guilt or sickness. We won't experience any of that. He saved us so that he can create us to live lives, even here on this earth, filled with peace and joy and comfort. How many have experienced that in their life as a born-again believer? You've begun to experience his peace and joy in your life. Amen, amen. Why is that? Because he has redeemed us. He's redeemed us. Amen. He's purchased you. We can have our lives here in the present, in this present day and age that are filled with his peace, his joy in this world today. I want to remind you, you don't have to wait for one day in the in the bye-bye, in the in the in the yonder, somewhere beyond yonder, somewhere. It's here now that you can have peace and joy. There still will be times of sorrow. There still will be times of hurt and sadness, but you can have peace and joy and comfort here today. Amen. Amen. And that's because he has redeemed us. And then my final point. As I get ready to close today, we are redesigned. Say that with me. We are redesigned. Let me take you to the book of Acts, chapter 1. And all that I've been sharing with you here is wonderful. All the things that the Lord has done. But you and I, once we've been redeemed, regenerated, and so forth, we need the power of His presence. We need His Holy Spirit, don't we? Amen? We need it every single day of our lives. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it says this, But when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power and will tell people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, in American Canyon, in Napa, in Vallejo, and to the ends of the earth. That's really what the scripture is saying. You may not see American Canyon there in the scripture or Vallejo, but that's what the scripture is saying. You preach that word. He'll give us power to declare that word unto everybody. Amen? And my point in bringing up that scripture here is because we've been redeemed, regenerated, we have become redesigned by his power, his presence, his Holy Spirit. We are now believers that have received his power amen power as i mentioned last week power creates belief how many believe here today how many believe that with god all things are possible amen 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 the power creates belief and the belief allows ordinary people like you and i to do powerful and amazing things if i can have bianca come up here as we close the Bible says that you and I would do greater things than those that Jesus performed, the miracles that he performed. Now, it's not all just about performing miracle after miracle. We, we need to love on people, amen? We need to be consistent and love on people. But the Bible says that he will fill you and I with power. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit to do powerful things. I want to read John chapter 14 and verse 12, the last scripture I have for you. 
John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Let me stop there. Let me, let me back up again. I tell you the truth, anyone, so everybody say, that's me, who believes in me will do the same works I have done and greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus right there, as I mentioned, is telling you and I, greater works will you do. Greater works will you do than I have done. Do you believe that? Amen. Do you believe that today? See, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you today, you have been regenerated. You have been redeemed, renewed of your mind and your spirit to do great things. Because why? Because you're a son. You're a daughter of the Most High God. Amen. You are royalty. You walk with the Lord our God. I would tell you today as well, you are no longer without power. You are now redeemed and redesigned in the sight of the Lord because you now have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Stand with me as we close today. We thank you, Lord, that you've brought peace and comfort into our spirits, into our soul, Lord. We thank you that you are a loving God, that you have declared us righteous in your sight, that you have redeemed us, regenerated us, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you and pray your blessings today in Jesus' name. And as always, pray a blessing over you. Just raise your hands one more time as we're dismissed today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.